Pastors. You know, it's getting kind of difficult with all the rainy days that we've got coming about to um, entertain kids. Do any of y'all have that problem too? You know what I mean? Well, yesterday, being the super dad that I am, I come up with a fabulous idea for my boys. They were at each other. They were fighting. They were arguing. So just out of, out of the blue, I just look at them and say, go upstairs and clean your room. Now, before you say how harsh, I want you to understand something with my boys. Them cleaning their room is like a treasure hunt because they always find something that they forgot they already had. And yesterday was no different whatsoever. But it's kind of funny for, to, you sit there and you listen to them. Bobby, look at this. Bobby, look at this. Bobby, look at this. But at the end of their cleaning spree, I didn't even go check their room to see if it's clean. Did you? Okay. But at the end of their cleaning spree, I hear them say, let's go show mom and dad. That means they found something good. Well, Colton was beyond belief in excitement about finding his Halloween mask of Batman from this year. And it's funny how he says it. He said, this is, mine, this is my Halloween costume from first grade. I'm sitting there, son, you're, already, you're still in first grade, okay? <laughs> you're still in first grade. But he was beyond belief excited about that. And you know what? When a kid finds his mask from Halloween, he can't just wear the mask. He come out in the full outfit. Dalton will not be outdone. Dalton proceeds to strip down, and I mean literally strip down, and start putting on his Spider-Man outfit. So yesterday, all day, we had Spider-Man and Batman running through our house. <laughs> what I absolutely love about this is when this happens, when they put on those costumes, there is an instant courage that comes with them. They will go anywhere. They have begged us to let, them, let us wear them to Walmart. Jennifer won't let it happen. I think they'll fit in. <laughs> Jennifer will not let it happen. I say, go for it, boys. Just go on. But they will go anywhere. They will do anything, and they will face things that they normally don't face. They've got this ninja warrior course out in their yard, and it's funny how when they put on this costume, they want to go out and they want to do their ninja warrior course. They actually go further on their ninja warrior course than when they don't have the costumes on. It's amazing the sense of courage that comes with them simply putting on that costume. But as believers, we have a similar access to a courage that comes to us simply by putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But there's only one thing that's got to happen. We have to take that courage. Psalms 31 verse 24 says, Be strong and let your heart take courage, all who hope in the Lord. You see, courage is a choice. Courage is a choice. 
Courage is something that we have to physically take a hold of. Courage is not the state of not having any fear. Courage is simply the act of overcoming your fear. That's why we are so amazed through all the Old Testament as some of these biblical heroes for the courage that they had. We all look at them and say they were fearless. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. They were just like you and me. The only difference is they trusted in God to the point that this courage welded up in them and they were not willing to allow difficult situations or even their past hold them back. And today, what we're reading about in Hebrews, it's no different. I love when we get to read about Moses. Moses is my biblical hero of all times. Why? Because Moses had a past. Moses made a lot of mistakes. But Moses had a heart for the people. A heart for the people of Israel. And I pray for that same heart for you every day. But I want you to look at, look at it with me. And in Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verse 23. And here's what it says. By faith, Moses when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Considering the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is unseen. And by faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, so that he who destroyed the firstborn would not touch them. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as though they were passing through dry land and the Egyptians, when they attempted it, were drowned. Pray with me. Father, there's one thing, one thing that I cherish most of all is the simplicity of your word, especially for me being a person of simple mind. And Father, you have given us these examples, these examples of men and even women like we'll see today, Lord, of people who trusted in you so much that they were not willing to allow any fear or even their past from holding them back to accomplish what you had for them in their life. So Father, as we look at these examples, I pray that you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart and mind to understand what your word truly has for us this morning. Father, I wanna say thank you this morning. I wanna say thank you for the, just the, the privilege of being here with my brothers and sisters, to break into your word, but to worship you, Lord in spirit and truth. 
I want to thank you for the work of the Women's Enrichment Center, Lord. I just pray that you would continue to bless in their ministry. And I want to thank you, Lord, for the 17 babies that they have been ministering to this year. The one salvation, Lord, that come through this ministry. But I also want to thank you for the babies that I know they will be serving this year. Father, help us to come alongside them. Help us to support them. Help us to encourage them. Father, this morning, help us to see you in your word, in our lives, and help us to show it to everyone that we may encounter today. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So last week, we started talking about legacy faith. And actually, this week, last week, this week, and next week are actually really going to tie in close together. Because I didn't get to finish all that I wanted to say about legacy faith. But at the same time, I know there's only so much that I can squeeze out of this orange. But legacy faith helps you to take courage. And we see that evident in this scripture right here. Even though Moses was an ordinary man, he was just like, a, he was just like any of us. Moses had a life that was far from ordinary. How many of you would honestly consider your life as ordinary? If you think your life's ordinary, please come hang out with us in the office for one week and I promise we'll change your mind forever. But our lives, even though we may seem like ordinary people, our lives are far from ordinary. And the reason being is because we all have these situations. None of us have the same situation, but all of us have these situations, whether it be in our past or even things that we may be facing right here. But we have these situations to where we need courage. We need courage to live out the faith and we need courage to move forward with our lives. But another reason I like Moses is because just like us, Moses has failed. Moses had failed. And if you were to look at Moses' life with a human perspective, some may even say that Moses failed worse than any of us. Moses did kill a man. Regardless, the courage that he had and the courage that was given to him was actually modeled to him before all of these other things take place. And you know, I think we tend to not really think about the whole story of Moses. And if you turn back to Exodus chapter one, you don't have to turn there because I'm gonna, I'm gonna paraphrase it for you. But if you turn back to the book of Exodus, you will see that the number of children of Israel were starting to outnumber the Egyptians. And the Egyptians were getting scared. Matter of fact, some of them even said, if we don't do something now, they are going to overpower us and they are going to take us over. So the king at that time came up with an idea. His idea, he told the maidservants and the midwives this, when you are helping the Hebrew women to give birth, if it is a son, kill him. If any of the Hebrew women are pregnant and it is a son, when he is born, kill him. It's pretty harsh, isn't it? 
But as I read this whole story, there's a lot of things that started coming to my mind, especially from the eyes of Moses' mother. Now, first and foremost, I can never have the feelings that a mother has. They're uniquely different from that of a man. They just are. Women are nurturers. By God's creation, you are nurturers. Men are more disciplinarian and protectors. Again, it's just the way that we are made up. It's not saying that one is different or one is wrong. Both of them are needed for the nurturing of a child. But when I sit back and I look at this, I'm sitting here thinking, she hid Moses for three months. And when it was hard for her to hide him, she comes up with a plan that I'll be honest with you, even I, to this day, even I question. She puts him in a basket that has been completely sealed with pitch. She puts him in the Nile River and pushes him down the way. Now get, she was probably strategic in her thinking. But I do not think that you should ever minimize the courage that this woman had in what she did. Mom, your son will be killed. What would you do? Mom, the only way to save him is give him up. What would you do? Mom, there is no guarantee that you even doing this is going to save him. Mom, that river is home to an apex predator that kills, even today, just in that area, somewhere around 250 people a year. Impossible situation. Impossible situation. This mom is put in a situation that I pray none of us have to be put in. But she's put in a situation to where she knows that she is putting her son's life at risk to save his very life. And while Moses' mom may have been strategic in her actions, I'm not saying that she didn't plan it out. I'm not saying that she didn't think about where she put the basket in. I'm not saying that she just sent her daughter along just to watch for no reason. But at the same time, understand this, there was no certainty in her outcome. There was no certainty that that baby was going to be spotted by Pharaoh's family. There was no certainty that that baby just wouldn't wash on by. But yet, something inside of her brought the courage to do this. I was talking with somebody this week. And they asked me, they said, do you think Moses knew about all this happening? 
And I was trying not to be a jerk, but at the same time, you've got to realize who wrote Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy? Moses. Yes, he knew it happened. Yes, he knew all the details. How all this come about, I really don't know. But there is one thing that is sure that you can bring from this story. The courage of a mother brought about a legacy faith in her son. Think about that for a minute. How many of you have been affected by your mother? I know I have. I know I got to sit and personally watch my mom do some extremely courageous things. And I know through years, men, women's, women's, women have been downplayed. But at the same time, you cannot downplay this situation one bit. Because this mother took extraordinary action with courage to make sure that her son would live. And this legacy faith, this legacy faith had an impact on him forever. Just like most of us are recipient of an impact from legacy faith as well. Brian, you've been impacted by your mom? Tommy, you've been impacted by your mom. What about you, Kari? Never minimize courage when it's seen. Because I've seen the courage of a mother rival that of the strongest man. Courage, no matter where it comes from, is honorable always. But one thing that you also pull from this story is Courage isn't always seen as smart. Even with his mother, would you say that that was a smart thing to do? I mean, if defects were to find out about that today, do you know what would have happened? Would they have said that was a smart thing to do? Absolutely not. But then you go on to look at the rest of the story, especially what it says here. Moses did a lot of things that by today's standard, we wouldn't consider smart either. In verse 24, it gives us just a little insight to Moses' raising. The Pharaoh's daughter, the Pharaoh's daughter was who took Moses after his weaning. After Moses' mother got to continue to raise him, Pharaoh's daughter was the one who became Mom. Moses had it made. Life of royalty. Life of comfort. Life of riches. And yet he walked away from all of it. Every single person in this room, if you were to look at this from a world's view, you would say the same thing. That boy was stupid. That boy was stupid. He had everything he could ever want. He had it right at the, his fingertips, and yet he gave it all up. Well, yeah, of course he gave it up. But the real reason that he gave it up was also because of what he did. Because you see, in Exodus chapter 2, you start seeing a little bit more into this story about how Moses 
knew he was not truly of Pharaoh's lineage. And he saw one of the Egyptian guards beating on one of the Hebrews. And in a fit of rage, what did Moses do? He killed him. You know what some of us would call this today? Moses took a stand. And I know there's a lot of people who think Christians need to take a stand. But I can promise you on this, God was not pleased with Moses' actions one bit. Not pleased at all. Because again, if you jump in my brain, it's a dangerous place to be. But if you were to jump in my brain, I wonder a lot of things about the scripture. Like last week, I pondered this a lot. Can you imagine what the conversation was when Abraham and Isaac got back from the mountain and Isaac told Sarah about what his daddy almost did? Can you imagine that conversation at the home? I guarantee it wasn't a good day for Abraham. I guarantee you it was not a good day for Abraham. But... Part of me has to sit here and think about this, and I'm not trying to read too much into the scripture, but I want you to think about where Moses was placed. Moses, who was going to be the leader of the children of Israel, out, out of Egypt, is put in a situation to where he could have had a prime influence. Look back last week. Because there was another man mentioned who was put in another similar situation. Put in a very similar situation. His name was Joseph. Sold into slavery by his brothers. Saw favor with the guards to the point that he was even released. Was accused of rape. So that's what he was accused of by Potiphar's wife. Only then to find favor with the king again. And when he found favor with the king again, he was put second in charge. And again, I'm trying not to read too far into this, but some part of me can't help but wonder. God had already set it for him to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. He had already put Moses before him. But sometimes I got to wonder, could Moses have had just as much influence if he hadn't have killed that man? I think he could have. I think he could have. Regardless, God doesn't allow Moses' past to hold him back from carrying out what he desired Moses to do. We gotta be careful by reading things into the Bible because I never want to be a person who read things into the Bible. But I can tell you this, that when Moses saw that man strike that Hebrew, he took a stand. And when he took a stand, it wasn't courage that welled up in him. It was anger. It was hatred. It was a hatred and anger to the point that he took a man's life. And I can promise you this. God was not honored in Moses' anger. Matter of fact, we see that Pharaoh heard about the situation and after that, Moses had to go and hide him. 
But one of the things that amazes me is that even though Moses did not face the same king, the same Pharaoh, God puts an opportunity for Moses to go back. Let me ask you a question. If we were to look at this from our own eyes, was it a smart thing for Moses to go back? He killed a man. He's on the run. He got away. scot free. Is it in Moses' best interests to go back? Absolutely not. Matter of fact, most people again would look at Moses and say, you're stupid. Boy, the elevator's not going on all the way up to the top. You're a few fries short of a Happy Meal. What's going on in there? Come on, think about this, Moses. But Moses listened to what God said. And Moses' faith in what God had told him gave him the courage to not only go back and face his past, but it also gave him the courage to complete the task that God had already ordained for Moses to do. A lot of us get hung up on our past. A lot of us get hung up on our past. We stay where we are simply because we are afraid to move forward. Maybe it's afraid to move forward because we've had past failures in our life. Maybe it's afraid to move forward because we did some horrible sins in our life. Maybe it's fear to move forward because we just don't know what's gonna happen. But regardless of anything, just like Tommy was singing about other well ago, at the name of Jesus, Everything must flee. Fear, hate, anger. And when fear, hate, and anger flee, our heart can be filled with courage. But again, courage is something we've got to take hold of. Over the last couple of weeks, my heart has been extremely sad. My heart's been extremely sad because I keep hearing one after another after another about people committing suicide. And I know this is completely off topic from what we're dealing with. But there is a part of my testimony that I really don't share a lot because I'm extremely ashamed of to this point. Because there was a time in my life when I did try to do just that. Hospital, stomach pump, all of it. And the reason I'm saying this is because I can understand a person getting to the point of desperation to where they would do something like this. But now later on in my life, I'm ashamed of this part of my testimony because 
I found out that that was the most coward thing that I could do. I didn't think about my mom. I didn't think about my sister finding me. I didn't think about all the people that that would affect. I didn't think about the years of counseling that would happen after that. I didn't think about any of that stuff because the only thing that I was thinking about was how do I get out of this situation? And you know, the reason I did what I did is because the courage that I needed was right there. But I just wouldn't take hold of that courage to move through. So hear me. Be gentle with people. Because sometimes the only thing they need to realize the value of their life is right there in front of them. They just need somebody to help them come alongside of them and take hold of that courage to go through. We live in desperate times. People making desperate decisions. But we have an all-powerful, all-forgiving, all-knowing, all-loving Savior who tells us that in the middle of our desperation, when we feel like we're not enough, he shows us the cross and shows us just how much he loves us. Brothers and sisters, please, I beg you, reach out to people who start to pull away. It's the first sign of desperation. And you, and I know everybody says, well, I don't wanna get involved with that. Just like Moses, you may be the person that God wants to get involved with that. It takes courage to live. But brothers and sisters, it takes even more courage to live a life of faith. But it is that faith, it is that very faith that we have that gives us courage. Right there, it shows us that Moses was obedient to God because he believed in him. And from facing his past to looking to the future Passover lamb, Moses kept his eyes focused on the one thing that gave him courage. And you know, a lot of people don't look at it as this, but when I was reading this, talking about the Passover lamb, talking about how they went all over town, spreading the blood, all over the doorsteps of the Hebrews. Do you realize what that was for that community? That was an evangelical outreach. They were proclaiming the shed blood of Jesus Christ that had not even come. And if you look at the whole story between Pharaoh and Moses, it is nothing more than 10 times Moses pleading to Pharaoh, repent, 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 repent. Moses kept his focus on what was important. And what Moses realized wasn't important was the things in his past that were formerly holding him back. He realized that he had a God who loved him so much, who was willing to do anything for him and give him a task Give him a task of proclaiming 
the shed blood of Jesus Christ almost 1,200 years before it even happened. Man, that took courage. Man, that took courage. And you know what? We have access to that courage. Every single one of us have an answer for what's wrong with the world right now. Am I wrong? If I were to ask you what's wrong with the world right now, we'd get answers all over the spectrum. But brothers and sisters, the truth, the reality of everything is this. Our problem is sin. But on the flip side of this, Jesus is our answer. Policy is not going to fix our world. Politics is not going to fix our world. Thoughts and opinions aren't going to fix our world. There is only one thing that can be a remedy to this world, and his name is Jesus. And he died on the cross and rose in victory over sin and death. And that's why we can have the courage that we have today because we can know that the victory's already been won. Evangelism is not about your success. Evangelism is about your obedience to what God has called you to do. And I get it, I'm scared too. I am scared to death when I go up and talk to somebody about Jesus because I'm always thinking, well, I can't save the people. Nope, we cannot. Not a single one of us can save anyone. But Jesus, who has already died on that cross, he can. And we just need the courage. Just like Moses. To tell people about that Passover lamb. Do you have it? Because it's right there in front of you this morning. Pray with me. Father, I get so aggravated with myself because of the foolish things that I allow to hinder me in my walk with you, in my relationship with you, and even my service to you. And Father, we live in a day where we need more courage. But the reality is, Lord, that courage has always been there. It's just not what we've been picking up. We pick up our anger. We pick up our fear. We pick up our past. We pick up our addictions. When the one thing that we should be picking up, Lord, is Jesus. Because Jesus has the power over our fears. Jesus has the power over our hatred. Jesus has the power 
over our sins, over our past, over our mistakes. And in that power, Lord, we find the courage that we need. Father, help us to take hold of that courage. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey guys, Pastor Scotty Gerard here, and I just wanted to say thank you for joining us today. We really hope that this has been a resource that's helped you grow in your purpose for God, but also grow in His glory. We also want to extend an invitation to you to join us here in person at Harmony Grove. We are located at 1008 Town Creek School Road in Blairsville, Georgia. We would love for you to come be a part of our service, to be a part of our small groups. If you have children, we have children's classes on Wednesday night and on Sunday morning. And all this information can be found on our website. We'd also like to continue help you in your growth with Christ. If you have a question, maybe a prayer request, or just need to talk to somebody, you can contact us in the emails below in the description, or you can also contact us through our app and through our website, which are also found in the description below. Again, we hope this has been a blessing to you because we know that you joining us today has been a great blessing to us. Thank you so much. God bless.